you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hi and hello, football fans. Your old pal Dave Damashek here. Make sure you check out the Dave Damashek football program. You can watch it on YouTube, NFL.com. You can listen to it on iTunes or Stitcher or NFL.com slash podcasts. We look at the world of pro football and the game called life. The Around the NFL podcast. Must talk more. Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. I am not Dan Hansis. I'm Colleen Wolf, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Greg Rosenthal, and get ready for it, Lindsay Rhodes. We're together. We did it. We are, like, breaking down barriers here. Wow. Unprecedented. I know. I mean, like, first we find out that Harriet Tubman is going on the $20 bill. (laughs) Now there are two females on one sports show at NFL. I mean, this this is crazy. That's kind of like 1A and 1B, right? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Tubman is 1B. Right. I mean, the Tubman. (laughs) Silence. Potato, potato. Let's be honest. I mean, the Tubman news is big, but. She's been past her prime for a little while. You guys are on the way <laughs> wow. on the way up. I'm kidding, of course. This is a big, big day. Well, you guys were legitimately excited. You said that you ran into Lindsay in the hallway this morning. And you guys were just... I was oh, I was running out to do a segment, and, and I hear, hey, from the other end of the hallway. And we just like started like make, like yelling, like, wow. woo, big day. <laughs> this is crazy. Meanwhile, now. Dan and Wes feeling a massive people. tremor in the force. Well, yes. <laughs> This could stick. <laughs> we should say Dan and, and Chris Wesseling um, aren't here today, and they have been traded to the Move the Sticks podcast. <laughs> wow. DJ, DJ has Dan's a, not going to be happy. Which is a that. one-person show, so no. not who, good news for them. Who gave up the most in that trade, though? <laughs> we like what we got. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This so your, I mean, this is your takeover. I mean, you this you, is you pushed them out the door. DJ's got a lot of pull in the company now, so he took them away. I think we're. I think everyone's happy in this move. I, I like the move. I think it works out well for the podcast. But DJ I mean, is ex- we'll especially excited about the draft prep that Dan and Wes have done leading up to <laughs> the 2016 research draft. they've oh, done. And Sessler, I've noticed in- that you have a new shirt too. So yeah, that's only in our group. Good. 
would the fact because our clothing line in general is so mundane, dating back years, that when one of us buys a new a new shirt, it is legit headline news. It's a simple like low level. Uh, flannel shirt that I purchased, yeah. and it's been discussed all morning. I don't know how. I wouldn't did say you it's low level. Honestly, know that that was new, or did no? Did he I bring po- that up? I pointed it. Out. <laughs> I was informed. Greg knows though. Greg knew. Like I had a source to the situation. Well, Dan's really trained me to look look at things this way, but he's he's broken down. Mark only has four shirts, so now five. Had, when he adds yeah. a new one, and he four really work shirts. And if he's on if he's on camera right. like NFL Now this morning. He only has really one or two shirts, so so that's why it really. Stopped. Well, we've so we've been on NFL Network probably I don't know ten times, whatever it is. If if anyone wanted to really waste their time and look back at all those segments, that would be. I've worn the same exact clothing every single. <laughs> oh time. Oh my god! Have, have you, however, worn high socks? Oh. Oh. Yeah, no, I mean, Greg has really cool shoes on yeah. right now, but he's also paired them with black high socks. Logan. And jeans. <laughs> well, well Greg, so like, Greg, is re- referring to the fact that I was on Total Access last Friday. This oh no. flipped under the radar. It's late Friday afternoon. And the, the segment ended with Dan Helley making fun of that I wore ankle socks. <laughs> my pants, like, rising up on oh, television. See, I, I went on the previous Friday, and I did. I went out and bought black socks that go up yeah, there. I should go buy them. Really? But I oh, no, well, I'm going to buy In them. my mind, I'm thinking it's the see-through glass table. B- you can actually see my feet, which is bad. That's good planning, though, too. I mean, Greg learned a valuable lesson. I did. The camera literally <laughs> pointed, point, panned down after you pointed oh, no. it out. But by then, I had corrected things, and we were cool. Nice. All right. All right. So All right. Um, it's a big day also after the show because the NFL Softball League, there's two teams in uh, NFL media softball teams. Dan and, and uh, Wes are both on the team, and so is uh, the Irishman as well. And I am I'm playing my first game – I haven't played since Little League, so um, you played Little League. I did. That's you didn't? Kind of bomb. No. Like Little League baseball. Yeah. I think that's awesome. You that didn't play? Cool. I didn't. You did? I mean, play? I was yeah. awful, but yes. Yeah, I did. I played on a couple teams. Did the did the whole thing? Really? Until like eighth grade. It was the same. It was the same time of year as tennis, which I was better at. Oh. I just went that once you got to high school. About yeah. eight minutes into the season, I was like, oh, this is definitely not my sport, but it was like, you gotta, my dad was like, you gotta Oh yeah, you had to go on those, through. Like, yeah. It, it was crazy how you like travel around to different cities. It just seemed oh, like Oh, I so thought it was work. fun. But it was fun. It, it was fun. It seemed like It like so dominated your life. We just learned so much about Greg as a child. <laughs> <laughs> different cities? Were you on a travel team? I mean, yeah. Usually yeah. It was you had like the regular play. team and then you have like a travel oh, team. So you were, oh, so you were good then. But I was, I was good enough to make the travel team but not not be a standout on that team that was a sneaky humble brag you just kind of packed in that you were like a top level little performer whoa i don't know why you didn't sign up why aren't you playing Uh, signing all the autographs at the grocery store you guys (laughs) (laughs) yes so i went home this weekend to philadelphia i brought back my glove so uh, I'm going to see, I guess, what it's like 17 years later, how I fare today in the game. And um, Brandon, are you going to come early? I asked yes. a couple people to come early and like maybe have a catch with me because yep. I don't even know if I can catch the ball anymore. Has your hand not grown since you were on Probably the not. Do you That's see? What I was wondering. No. Wow. I mean, I don't think so. That's, well, that I mean, is you weird, could test though, it out. You might want to test think it, of it. Yeah, but um, I heard last week like Chris Wessling had 10 RBIs in the game mm-hmm. and – I think Dan Hansis had a home run, and I didn't realize that yeah. this was going to be like an actually legit team. So yeah. I'm a little nervous about that. Those Don't guys are it. good. All right, they're it's all up fine. to you, the Irishman. You got to help me. Before, I like that okay? you're nervous you're about that. Not nervous at all about hosting this 
show full of big news. No, I know. You got dropped a big one today. Uh, Well, you know what? Let's get to it. Let's get to that news. Click that for your Emmy reel. (laughs) What? What? I love it. I love it every time. All right. So, wow. This was crazy yesterday. The Eagles trade up with the Browns to get the number two overall pick. So, the swap, it sends Cleveland's number two and a 2017 fourth rounder to the Eagles in exchange for five picks. Philly's first, third, and fourth this year, along with next year's first rounder and a second rounder in 2018. Seems like a lot to give up, and I guess they are in love with these two quarterbacks, but they're basically getting the leftover, whatever the Rams don't want. So, well, your what, take on this. Well, I think we should start with Mark Sessler here. It, he was a, he's a Cleveland Browns fan, and of course we're going to talk about the Browns a lot this month, but I was taken that when this happened, you were disappointed. I was surprised about that because I think generally Browns fans like this. seems like a smart move, and if you're being honest – you know, fully honest, you were, you were annoyed that they're passing on quarterbacks again. Well, initially, absolutely, That's your absolutely, reaction. it was that was the emotional reaction, and I had the same re- exact reaction on the other side. That actually weird. helped me because we went and met <laughs> with Colleen for a now segment after, and she's an Eagles fan, and she was like bitterly disappointed, and I was like, well, wait, maybe I need to think about this differently. <laughs> but the emotional side is that you know, as I was talking to one of our producers before the show, that they haven't. Had a fran- the producer was born in 1987. They haven't had a franchise quarterback probably since that time. Wow. And, and it, you, it's been decades where you're watching every other team pick, grow, and succeed with franchise quarterbacks. You live through Manning, Brady, all these other people. And so part of me was like, wait, it's, hard, it's actually hard to get to number two in the draft. And Not I, for Cleveland. No, well, but they've <laughs> actually – you're right in theory, but they've been there at like six or seven, and usually those quarterbacks are gone by then. And I kind of thought that Wentz just fit AFC North football, and part of me just kind of fell for the idea of that. But on the flip side – Ayak loved him. DJ loves him. I, and there's a reason to it. I think he's going to be good. I think that even Hugh Jackson said he's going to be a good quarterback. But a day later when the emotions kind of go away a bit, I can see that Cleveland, A, I didn't want them to get fleeced. I don't think they got fleeced at all. And they're very much – we had no explanation for what Cleveland was doing or why. After Sashi Brown spoke today, I think it adds a lot more context. They're very much committed to building through the draft, and they mean it. And the fact that Hugh Jackson spoke later, Michael Silver said last night that Hugh Jackson was thrilled with the trade. My concern, if you're – have you followed this team at all, is infighting in the GM and the coach not agreeing and it breaking everything apart. It seems to be the opposite this time around. So if they're all on board, these guys study these players. I think any Browns fan should at least give this time and be on board with it too. Yeah. So many thoughts on this. You, uh, From a Browns standpoint, I think I love the move for Cleveland because it looks like Cleveland has a plan in place yeah. and that they're not just going to be reactionary and pick – a guy that doesn't make any sense on their roster, but they think will placate the fans temporarily, uh, but won't necessarily lead to long-term success. So I like the fact that they're essentially admitting without admitting, we are not going to be good for a couple of years. This is going to be a rebuilding project. Be patient. If anyone can afford to be patient, it's you, Cleveland. You've waited this long. So we're offering you a light at the end of the tunnel. We've got a plan to get there. Just let us do this and roll with us. And I think it makes sense to bring in all of the other pieces around the quarterback position. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah said something yesterday that totally made sense to me uh, as far as like copying the Seahawks model and getting all of the other pieces in place 
through the draft largely, um, which requires picking the right players also, not That's just having Harpy. picks. Mm-hmm. But then once you're ready to compete, then plopping in a low-price draft pick uh, quarterback – and now you're ready to make the most out of those five years that you have that quarterback at a low price. Well, it's, be yeah. competitive in that time frame. Well, the Rams have shown it's easier to build up the rest of the team. That part's not that hard. It's been hard for the, the Browns to be consistent getting to seven wins, but it's not that hard to win seven or eight games in the NFL. It's hard to win titles and win playoff games often, and you need great quarterbacks for that. And that sounds great that Seattle, you know, they built up the rest of the team. That's true. But they also just they tried to get Charlie Whitehurst and spent a lot of capital on him and then Matt Flynn. And then they take a couple players in front of Russell Wilson in that draft and they get him late in the third round. And he turns into Russell Wilson. It all comes down to you just have to find that quarterback. So they can say all this about this is the plan and patience. Browns fans have had a lot of patience. They've had to be forced to have a lot of patience over the years. They're going to have to watch. Josh McCown and Robert Griffin the third this year, unless they take a rookie quarterback. And I don't think that's a bad idea at all. Maybe not with the number eight pick, but I wouldn't be surprised if they take someone in the second round uh, this not year. Not at all. Not not at all. And and keep trying. Keep trying someone every year. That's what I liked about Seattle's uh, method is that, okay, Whitehurst didn't work. It's not like they were quarterback geniuses in terms of figuring out what's going to happen. I mean, they, they gave up a lot to get Charlie Whitehurst. They, they paid Matt Flynn a lot. But they, at least they tried to get someone every year. So the Browns need to do that. I It would be a little depressing to just watch RG3 and McCown this year. I agree. But the one the Seattle reference is is poignant for another reason, too, is that the, that Carroll and Schneider are married hand-in-hand. Hand. They, they, they work together well. That is what has actually been missing mm. in Cleveland for probably about 10 years. I mean, some of the GM meltdowns that people will even forget about because it's five or six GMs ago – are epic. A book is going to be released at some point with the background story of all that. If this is one where they are actually all on the same page, that's what's different. You're going to hate read it? I'm going to love to read read it. it. That would be fascinating. It's interesting. Gil Brandt tweeted this out, that the Browns have traded out of the top ten in four of the last six drafts, and the players taken. We all know Julio Jones. We talk about that one. Julio Jones, Matt Khalil, and Sammy Watkins. So I don't know if that means that Carson Wentz is actually going to be like some amazing quarterback, and this is going to work out for the Eagles. But my first reaction was, oh, my God, they gave up so much to get that quarterback. And if he doesn't hit – I mean, obviously, Howie is out of there if that happens. I mean, if he does, yes, he saved his job and he came back from the dead. But it's like you the draft is about gambling, really. And you don't know if you're going to hit on any of these players. So I have the idea that it's better to have more picks than not and and better and higher picks, too. So you can try and hit on some of these guys. So it's just the pressure is going to be on whoever comes in here, I think it's going to be Wentz. Um, I say here like Philadelphia. God, I can't believe I just did that. But whoever goes into Don't Philadelphia. Start saying we. I know. I know. <laughs> Wait, now I'm like starting to get hot and like red. Okay. Um, but <laughs> I just feel like this. whoever comes in, they're going to be under so much pressure. And Philadelphia, as you guys know, doesn't really deal well with uh, an athlete that comes totally in. Totally disengaged like, fan base. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Whoever, whoever they take at, at – any position is going to be under a ton of pressure there in Philadelphia. Whoever their quarterback is going to be under a ton of pressure in Philadelphia. And if you, I I think the one thing we learned from this is that maybe Howie Roseman thinks that he likes Sam Bradford, but he doesn't think Sam Bradford is the guy that's going to get him to the Super Bowl. Otherwise you don't make this move. So 
if you think that one of these two guys has the potential to be that guy that's going to be your long-term Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Philip Rivers even, or or like an Andrew Luck yeah. type guy in, in Indianapolis, then that's the only way that you're ultimately going to get where you want to go anyway. So that's... Well, let's get into the winners and losers of this. It was Connor Orr, right, that wrote it? Connor Orr wrote the article. Um, You guys can check it out right now. And one of the the losers, I thought, in this was Sam Bradford and is Sam Bradford because they just paid him this money. I don't know why. It just doesn't make sense that they paid him this money and then now they're moving up in the draft. It almost feels like a panic move by them to have paid him. him. And I wouldn't be surprised, and I know it seems crazy – if they cut him, I know they'll have to eat it, the money, but they have the cap room, so I, it doesn't really matter. I would be surprised. There's there's reports, you know, behind the scenes that he's not happy about this, and he's going to show them. Oh, why would he be the best quarterback? Which is great. Let's see some fire out of you, Sam Bradford. I mean, that that, that that's a good situation if he gets angry and starts playing better. I don't think it was a panic move because they made the signing in February when you're looking at the whole situation. They're at the number 13 pick then. You think of what they gave up mm-hmm. to move up. They had to trade with the Dolphins, Maxwell, and Kiko Alonso. And Kiko Alonso to get up to eight, and then you move up to two. And this is a team that I think expects... They lost their second round pick with they, DeMarco Murray. They that expect trade. to be in the playoffs every year. I think they expect to be competitive this year. And from everything we've heard in terms of Howie Roseman, they never viewed Sam Bradford as that great an option. But what they did was they said, Sam Bradford is better than the situation Cleveland's in. We're not going back to 3-13. and 13. We need to be competitive every year while we're figuring this out. And the stopgap rate right now for starting quarterbacks, league average, is like $18 million a year. So they, they raised that bar that that's now the price for just a mediocre 18th best starter in the league. But the 18th best starter in the league, if it's Sam Bradford, is is so much more valuable, I think, than Josh McCown and, and Robert Griffin III. People say, eh, what's the difference? You still don't really have a quarterback. It's like, no, those two guys might be terrible. And mm-hmm. Bradford, I think, in the right situation, he might be okay. I think they have a good defense. You got Chase Daniel also there. They didn't know that they were going to get Chase Daniel <laughs> you're for saying, sure. You're, the smile is creeping on your face. But not to say that. They are losers in this situation. I agree with mm-hmm. that because Sam Bradford's probably one and done in Philadelphia unless he plays outstanding. But, oh, by the way, like if he plays great, then they have a trade chip next year. That's they do. And, and I would say that Roseman is a winner. Because, yes, you're right, if the whole thing burns, Roseman's going to be looking for work. But Roseman, a year ago, was essentially a vanished ghost. Yeah. And he was just someone hidden away in the dark corner of the Eagles building. I think he, w- he went overseas. I think he left the country. Had he, we wouldn't have even noticed. Because he seemed to have no part in Chip Kelly's program Based at all. his press conference, I think he was working on his stand-up routine. Oh, my God. Well, he has some more work to around do. The little, around <laughs> the clubs in Philadelphia, just some good one- one-liners. Yeah. Well, did well, you guys hear good. the way that he was describing uh, Carson Wentz and Jared Goff? Oh, yeah. Wait, it's like we... vanilla or chocolate, Rube. You know, <laughs> it's, um, it's like it sounds pepperoni a pizza or sausage, you know? What do you like better? I like vanilla and chocolate. <laughs> No, wait. That, that's real. Yeah, and honestly, Lindsay's only, right. That was ultra creepy. I've only seen it, like, the video of him talking, and that's weird enough. But just the sound of it, like, it's like, don't you like pepperoni? Ew. It sounds weird. And what you didn't hear is the follow-up question. Um, what flavor is Sam Bradford? Right. That, that went unanswered. 
And, and most people definitely have an opinion between vanilla and chocolate, so I don't think his point was even that relevant. <laughs> I mean, that said, though. we got to keep that, by the way, for, for a sound drop. Here's why, Roseman, if that. you want confidence as an Eagles fan that they, that they are evaluating quarterbacks correctly or there's a chance of that, that they don't think that Bradford is the long-term answer, that they felt like, you know what, we are still one of those teams that doesn't have the Rivers the Troy Aikman of old, the Tom Brady, and they're, we have to go find that guy. And if they believe in Wentz and it hits, Roseman is a winner because he will be looked back upon when this organization, in the aftermath of Chip Kelly and how embarrassing and the way that ended, as a complete savior, no matter how nerdy and how poor his jokes are, he built a good team. Imagine if he hits on a franchise quarterback. Man. This- I mean, he will well, be the savior. He will absolutely. be praised for this. And, I mean, for I mean, he'll be there. He'll be so safe with that one move. If this one thing actually mo- works, he's going to look like a genius. He will be the genius and not Chip Kelly. Yes, right. It, his whole career is now on Carson Wentz. I think Carson Wentz is a winner in this trade, too, because he avoided the Browns. He is going to play for an organization that's won a lot of games over the last 15 years. Not, I mean, they're not exactly – you know, the Steelers and the Seahawks right now are the Patriots, but they've won a lot of games. I think it's a good organization. It's a good defense. It's a good situation. You don't have to play right away. You make more money up at the number two pick in the draft. He's not going to slip past that. So I think he was a big winner. And that's why for everything that you said that makes sense for the Browns, and I think what they did was safe, and I think it makes sense. And you're right. Like, it all just comes down to whether Wentz is great or not. If he's a top 10 yeah quarterback, then you're writing an article in 2022 about the day they passed on Carson Wentz like you were writing oh, yesterday God. about the day they passed on Ben Roethlisberger. But that's right. And, and, and when it comes down to any team that does... Sorry to put you in a... No, turn. no, but same with the Titans. When you get this bundle of picks, right now it looks awesome. But if you... Usually when you look at the, and you review how these things go, most of the picks don't hit. Maybe two or three mm-hmm. do. And Cleveland's in a, pl- in a planning process where really probably eight of them need to be legit starters for people to say this was the draft that turned you know, this entire franchise around. They can't have one of these guys become a star. But if those are the odds, then you need more picks. So you that need more. your right. likelihood goes up that two of the eight do hit. Yep. Whereas I mean, only have as long as you don't keep trading down until you own the seventh round. People. Like you, got, you, <laughs> you still have to have some relevant high picks to get, get true that players. Fifth round, I, Cam Chancellor, Richard Sherman's. I like that. I mean, people, we've made fun of people saying, well, Moneyball is getting is explaining too much. People are just saying, oh, they're, they're doing this Moneyball thing. But this is a proven analytics type of study that, you know, adding those picks is going to help your chances. At least that's a, a belief in the analytics community that obviously they'd, you'd rather have the Buffet. It worked out for Sam Hinkie in Philadelphia. Right. You'd rather have the buffet of picks than you would just that one big meal. In I, I just love that if they're going to do that, do it. Do it. Stick Don't it. have someone in the building that's going, oh, no, you got to go with your gut or something like that and fighting them. Let them do it so that they can either sink or swim. And we know that that their idea played out, not that they weren't given a chance to actually do what they wanted to do. Yeah. Yeah. That in itself is a victory for that team. What they do with it, we'll see, but you're absolutely right. How weird is that locker room going to be, though, in Philadelphia? Oh, my God. Because I think (laughs) Sam Bradford does not get traded or cut. I think Sam Bradford is their stopgap, and they're going to sit Carson Wentz or whoever it is Uh they end up drafting, and that he's like the number three this year. And you've got Daniel as your backup, and you've got an ideal situation for a quarterback that teams all say it's best for a quarterback to come into a situation where they don't have to start. I think that they're going to give him that opportunity. But Sam Bradford, 
in a leadership position on a football team right. is going to be a lame duck. Yeah. And how weird is that? And I think like when you, I think Jimmy Kemsky it was who tweeted out a picture of the the actual lockers in the room, just like the three of them right next to each other. How weird it's going to be next year. And and the fans, they're so they're starving for a, a successful quarterback. The, the Eagles haven't won a playoff game since Donovan McNabb was there. So you've gone through Kevin Cobb, Michael Vick, Nick Foles. I mean Sam Bradford. They need somebody there. I was surprised that the fans didn't like – I was surprised the Browns fans seemed to like this move, according to uh, some radio hosts that were on our air, and that the Eagles fans did not like this move. Because to me, the Eagles side of things is much more exciting, but the Eagles fans seemed to disagree yesterday. This is the stupidest trade in the history of sports. It literally, my whole life is my mother and my family and the Eagles. Like, I love this team more than anything. And I cannot believe that we gave up a, a first-rounder from next year and a second-rounder from 2018 for a guy who has not even played Division One talent. I just think they're giving up way too much for, for an unknown commodity. I agree with the first caller. And if this thing blows up, what's going to happen? I mean, you know, it, it was going to be anarchy in the city of Philadelphia. I am beyond furious. I, I had to really sit down in a corner and keep myself from crying, and I had to promise myself that I'm not going <laughs> to sit here and cry to the millions of fans out there on, on, the, on national radio to make me look like a girl. This is insanity. This is blasphemy. Wow, ninety four WIP. Yeah. They did it again. I, so sometimes I will just like listen to uh, WIP sports talk. You used radio. to work there, right? I, I used to work there. That's actually where I started in sports. And I don't know what show that was in particular, but it really makes me miss home. Anarchy. It's true, though. It will be anarchy in Philadelphia if this right? does not work out. I like that the first caller was literally the character from Silver Linings Playbook. Absolutely. Well, I mean, honestly, this was the same fan base that booed Donovan McNabb when he was drafted. So maybe the fans, you That's know, true. they'll change their they'll, their tune will change if Carson Wentz becomes that guy, and that oh. that's a very much a possibility. Their, their tune will change if Sam Bradford is the starter. Then they'll love Carson Wentz. Right. Uh-huh. Sam Bradford throws one <laughs> interception, and Carson Wentz will be the most popular guy in town. Oh, everybody's going to be crying for him immediately. I mean, you can almost guarantee that. And Chase Daniel continues to make massive bank by just putting <laughs> a football uniform on and standing for three hours every Sunday well, on it the was, sideline. It was tough out here, on, and I think that was what was lost a, a little bit in the shuffle on Wednesday was Chase Daniel Nation of which I'm a part of, Chase Montana. It's like, a bursting nation. Chase Montana. I mean, it was tough. It was a setback for a guy who we know is going to become an all-time great and has just been waiting to make that leap since I wrote uh, Making the Leap piece about him in 2013. And I thought this was his chance. And I still do think Bradford will struggle. Daniel will come in, and he'll have his moment or, in the sun. So, Chase Montana fans out there, don't sell your jersey. Don't worry. It's we'll, going to happen. We'll get there. The, the one good part about all of this uh, and the stockpile of quarterbacks is that the Eagles have guaranteed that they will not be last year's Cowboys. That's so true. That's they good. have options. That's, right. That's what you want to avoid. Who else <laughs> Who else were winners here before we move on? RG, the, RG3? RG3 for obvious reasons. I mean, in, they could still draft a quarterback, so that's a little bit TBD because you talk about Bradford getting booed the minute he throws a pick. I mean, that's going to happen in Cleveland if there's a rookie sitting there. Not so much if it's McCown. How about Josh McCown? Because at this point, if they didn't draft a quarterback, I'm starting to think maybe Josh McCown's their week one starter. I would trust him in a battle. I think maybe the Cowboys and the Chargers. The Cowboys and the Chargers, Connor put that in his piece, and he's right. I mean, if Dallas wanted one of the quarterbacks, all right, not so great. But 
really a lot of people did not. Most people don't feel like these quarterbacks are the two best players in the draft. So suddenly the Chargers and the Cowboys have a chance to really address needs. All right, so let's move on. Yesterday, some that was surprise. Yesterday was just like a crazy day. One thing after another. I mean, it's serious. I felt bad for for you guys doing all the posts and everybody that all of a sudden had to just like jump on and start doing all sorts of breaking news. Yeah, how was that? That's for you? what we do. When, put us in the mind of a. Uh, you know, a television host hosting a live show. What happened on your when side? Is, when this is well, dropping <laughs> just hours or an hour before you go and you have to blow up the whole so show. I'm not going to lie because we were sort of anticipating that so, like something like this might happen. We're talking the, about Josh Norman, Eagles. by the way. The oh, Panthers the rescinding Norman. the tag. Okay. Yes. Right. The Josh Norman thing blew everything up because I was so excited that the trade happened in the morning. Like when that happened at Time 1030, to I was like, woohoo. This is we, great. Didn't, we don't even have to rip up the rundown. We can do the entire show around this. We've got plenty of time to plan and uh, structure the chats accordingly. And then Josh Norman, boom, everything's out. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that definitely throws everything into major, That's when you start just, surprise. like, being really, really aggressive with your producers, Richard Ezekow, no. you know. No, what happens Lots of back before, and forth. Are you yelling? You and, you and Dan Helley. No, what happens, and I, I've, I always feel like an, I owe an apology at the end of the day to, like, one or two people when things get hectic. I bring in cake pops. That's what happened. What happens <laughs> is that whoever's working the social media, uh, like the what's trending wall and all that kind of stuff, those people come up to me throughout the day, like, pitching tweets. Like, hey, this guy just tweeted that, and I'm like, no, I don't like that one. Yeah, that one's good. I, I can do something. Take like it away. Kind of the old stopover. And people <laughs> Like, so throughout the day, that's kind of our thing, right? And then it gets to a certain point in the day where they walk up to me and they go, do you have a minute? And I go, nope. And don't even look up. And they just go like, okay, and walk away. And that's how it was yesterday. And at the end of the day, I go, so that happened and that happened. And I need to go around and apologize to people because I'm just like, don't talk to me now. No, it, it, it happens, especially like if you're planning a segment and then somebody wants to come up and talk to you about a segment that's like tomorrow. Right. And it, you don't mean for that stuff to happen, but it just kind of does when you're on deadline. Our news from Breeze that I give Lindsay a lot of credit, even before we even really knew you at all. But you sat in the same space with us back during like the Tim Tebow days Lindsay was the first person in our newsroom to stand up at times and just fight people and say, uh-uh, we are not doing another Tim Tebow segment today. We're not doing it. And she would get very vocal, and it's, but it's right because it's, it's you that has to sit there and sell it like you're interested Lindsay in Lindsay does a great job for the fans battling the low-hanging fruit. She does not want to do the low-hanging, cheesy debate and it's a fine like line that. that you have to sort of balance because you don't yeah. want to look like the high maintenance person that's no this is wrong and I don't want to do that idea but like at the same time it's like you don't want to be the person no. who's sitting out there doing the Tim right. Tebow segment for the 1900th time right. that said for that reason yesterday I was like giddy mm -hmm. like a total nerd when I sat down at my desk. Like, you guys, there's so many different things that we could talk about. I know, I felt the same <laughs> like, way. We could go Chargers. We could go Paxton Lynch. We could go, <laughs> you know, I mean, it was like all of the different levels yeah. of like legitimate things to talk about. It was so exciting. For it was like Christmas ago. morning in terms yeah. of news in the off season because it was legit news with many different layers and there were so many different conversations but the Josh Norman thing Ugh. that happened and so now he's an unrestricted free agent and he's hitting the market six weeks after free agency happened and you go back to combine and Dave Gettleman said there it doesn't make sense to draft and develop players for other teams mm -hmm. right and Ron Rivera went even a step further and he said that he wasn't even concerned about the team paying him and now Ron Rivera says today, well, I guess I just have to trust the GM. Ooh. 
So, well, yeah, if you're a coach, you're going to be disappointed in this. A defensive coach who's built up this defense with superstars at every level of the defense, and he just lost his superstar at cornerback. This is one of the most surprising stories that we've had in the NFL just in terms of a pure business transaction, I think, of the last six, seven, ten years. First of all, you don't really see tags rescinded. You certainly have, – we haven't seen it in six years, and that was for a guy, Leroy Hill, and there's Corey Simon before this. It, it, you don't see – Don't a, downgrade Leroy Hill, Greg. You don't see a top-level player just become a free agent in April. If Chris and I were doing our top 99 free agents – in March, and Josh Norman was available, he would have been number one easily. He's in his prime starting cornerback, and he's looking for Darrell Rivas money. I don't know if he's going to get Darrell Rivas money. I think that's an open question. But for the Panthers to just say, nah, we don't really like how you're approaching this contract situation. We want to avoid any distraction. Like, we'll see ya. Like, that is unprecedented. I kind of want to know what else happened there behind the scenes. I feel like something. I feel like there's got to be something else. I mean, unless it's just they didn't want to spend that kind of money on a one-year lease for him. I just look at Gettleman just spent three years trying to get out of the cap hell that he was dealt when he took the job. And he kept saying there's going to be tough decisions every season. They let Steve Smith go, you know, not entirely because of money, but a lot to do with that. And in general, having to, you know, that position is not a position that they've handed out, that Gettleman's handed a lot of cash to. And Norman's asking price started to become outrageous for a guy that, frankly, has had one great season. Right? I mean, they he's had one great year. And at cornerback, we've seen these guys that call themselves the best cornerback of all time. And two years later, they're not even in the top five when we talk about those discussions. So you have to be absolutely sure that he is Daryl Green part two if you're going to hand that kind of money out. And Gettleman, in a way, it's, not, it's painful for the fans, but it might have been a smart decision. Well, as Eric Davis said on Total Access last night, and he certainly knows more about uh, playing the position and the Panthers' defense than I, he said um, – that it's not a corner-based defense. So it's not – everything doesn't stem from the corner. So it doesn't make that much sense to put all of your money in the corner on your defense. Right, and they were willing like to – Like a Rex forward. Ryan defense would. Right. And, and from, I, so I made some calls after work because I was like, we're missing something here. It doesn't make any sense. He's so good. Why would you do this? Is like it going to come out that he was arrested? Or is he – do you guys on the team not like him? Or is there some more stuff going on here? And all I heard was that he's great. We like him. Uh, everybody likes him there. The problem was legitimately, they thought, um, what Gettleman said it was. In that they were – he maybe not going to come to a long-term deal. And they thought that Josh was enough of a wild card personality that he might actually take uh, a holdout pretty far. Yeah. Like through maybe even into the season. And that this is a team, and we heard Jared Allen say this when he came through uh, about a month ago after his retirement, he said, and he's been on so many teams, (laughs) Jared Allen, uh, that this was the most special locker room that he'd ever been in. That there was a... Wow. No drama, like no drama at all. And I've heard that from a few different people that play on that team, that it was like weirdly cool in that locker room last year. Well, you could tell too, just based on all of their shenanigans on the sideline. They loved each other. We like hated, we like to hate on it. But at the same time, it's like, oh, that's so cool. They were way into it. Why can't my team be doing that? If you want to carry that over into next season, then it would be weird and distracting and maybe throw a wrench in the good vibes. Mm Mm-hmm of that room if you have to answer questions about Josh Norman or if he's doing sit-ups in his driveway. Well, and they just don't <laughs> think he – they think he was good enough to pay $11, 12000000 million, but I don't think they believe he is irreplaceable. There there was a great 
piece by Football Outsiders in their annual book going into last year. This is before last year. That basically the secret sauce of what the Panthers have been able to do is develop a secondary with putting almost no resources into it. That they change players every year, and these guys like Benway Benwickery or Charles Tillman, who has washed up at this point of his career, they, they stick all these guys in, and they've had great secondaries year after year despite changing names. Josh Norman was a guy we didn't even know about two years ago. They coach it up, they get pressure up front, and they've managed to avoid spending lots and lots of money in the secondary. And they, I think, believe in that. Well, and Gettleman certainly does. Gettleman's theory is defensive line and quarterback. And that front seven is part of the reason that someone like Josh Norman succeeds. It's also because he's extremely talented, not at the price tag, but it's two Super Bowl GMs this offseason that have had to make a series of very difficult choices. And the point is, do you trust Gettleman up to now and what he's done with his team? Personally, I do. And this is I, I think you can't throw your cap back into the situation mm-hmm. it was in just a few years ago and did you guys see what Patrick Peterson tweeted out oh. yesterday and then deleted. No, wait so he tweeted know your worth definitely throwing shade right at uh, Josh Norman here and then he deleted it and he said not my style so I decide he then he tweeted that he did delete oh, it said not my style so I decided to delete positive vibes only hashtag don't press send <laughs> Thinking out loud. There, there's a lot of shade thrown at Josh Norman. A yeah, ton. I think other cornerbacks don't think he's really that good. And he didn't play as well in the second half of last season. I don't think they think he has the sort of skill set that – that a Peterson. Plus that position group, they love to go at each other, right? I mean, they every, love every offseason, cornerbacks talking about cornerbacks. I mean, they, that might it. be the biggest, like maybe behind wide receiver. That's but, probably yeah. the biggest diva position in the league, I'd this, say. And for that reason, I'll say, this is neither here nor there, but you might find it interesting. When, he, when Josh Norman came through uh, Total Access a month ago, I was so surprised because I thought he was going to be a diva based on his play on the field mm-hmm. and his swag and all that kind of stuff. And frankly, I like his swag on the field. I'm like a you're fan pro. from a football you're, standpoint. You're right. pro-Norman. I'm, I'm pro-Norman. So it wasn't going to throw me off or anything like that, but I was expecting him to be a bit of a diva. Mm. He was one of the most unassuming, just chill guys that has come through Total Access. You have a lot of like smaller names that come through that throw out a lot of attitude, and you're like, do you have any idea how many people come through here on a daily basis? And then Josh Norman rolled through, and he was like, hey, good to see you. Hi. Wow. And you're like, we haven't met, but I appreciate the enthusiasm. I appreciate that because he attacked me on Twitter early last season <laughs> when I made a horrible prediction that was incorrect, and he was correct to uh, you know, take me to task for it, but that changes my impression. He sounds like a I, sweet guy. He was guy. just an anti-diva in, in my experience, and I was surprised by that. Greg and Colleen over there writing we're, notes well, back and forth on notes. it. Well, we have to bail. Out <laughs> Don't worry. Of we'll keep the show going while you guys <laughs> do your thing. We have to bail out of the studio a little, a little quicker than we expected. Can we do landing spots real we, quick? Yeah, we can just talk real quickly about, like, is another team going to see him as that top? I think I mean, that's an open question, and I wouldn't be totally stunned if he returned to Carolina. I'd be a little surprised, but I it wouldn't totally shock me if the best deal out there is still from Carolina and he returned. But early we're hearing, what, San Francisco? I think San Francisco is a great spot because they have over $50 million in cap room, so they have the money, and they, as Mark mentioned in our Now Hit today, they've been so quiet in free agency. It's been, like, kind of boring, so they could use a splash. Plus, they really need a guy in that second too because their starters are Kenneth Acker and Tremaine Brock. (laughs) 
But they so. need so many things that if I'm Josh Norman, why would I go play there right That's true. now and essentially be the rebuilding piece? Yeah, I mean, he's got a choice in it this time. It's not where do we trade him. I mean, I if you want to look at a defense that's up and coming, the Chicago Bears, I mean, they've got they've got some money to play with, not as much as the Niners, but they, they certainly have a need at the position. And I think Vic Fangio is starting at every level of defense in Chicago. There are parts in place, and Norman would make that a very interesting unit to watch. Rappaport listed uh, some teams that were interested, and he left the Rams off the list. And I'm curious really? as to why that hmm. is, because hmm. since they who uh, get do you have there who he he said, said Niners, Bucks, Titans, Jaguars, Bears, and Redskins were among the teams that were interested. I, I don't know if that's just that the Rams don't have money, or because I don't know. I like that there. I mean, they put you know they've spent money at that position. They also lost Janoris Jenkins. I think the Jaguars. If they really want to go for it, because that there's a lot of good things happening in Jacksonville with the coach and GM. If things go tor- horribly wrong again and they go 2-14, and 14, they could be out. And so maybe you just make that final push. Jacksonville Jaguars add Norman to that defense. That would be There would be a lot of new faces there. Very they interesting. They just have so much money, they... I feel like they just want to spend it all right now. What is now happening over there? Well, like, we're trying to figure out. We, we got to get out. We got to abort. Abort. I okay. think. I think they get heard that the there's studio. two females on right. one show, and they're like, they're "This threatened. needs to end it." End NFL media is like, "No, no, uh-uh. no, 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 can't shadow, do that." Shad- a lot of shadowy league figures behind the glass. I'm seeing. It was I don't a know. pleasure, though. This it was, was a revolution right. that, was a that we started. I just got TD in my ear saying, "I'm a big fan of this, Colleen." So. Well, if you're a big yeah. fan, as he, us as he ushers us out of <laughs> here. Let us finish our final right. segment, then, if you're such a big so, fan, TV. I think, I think we're wrapping up. we got to wrap up. When are we back? When are you guys back again? We will be back on Monday. All right. Okay. On Monday. So, that is it. This has been real, guys. This has been super fun. Um, so, let's, uh, let's end it, then. Let's do it. For uh, Quiet Storm. <laughs> I don't know how to get yeah. Quiet music. Storm. We're winging it. For the boss. For the Linsmeister. I think L- that's maybe your... I don't know. Oh well. Till Monday. By the time we got to the end of the set, when he did do Purple Rain, that was one of those times where things just worked magically, and there's nothing you can do but just say thank you. I never meant to cause you this I love I never meant to cause you any pain I didn't want to one time see you laughing, babe Only want to see you, see you laughing, yeah In the purple rain, purple Feel good. Only wanna see you, see you. Can I play this guitar? You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, 
your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.